the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So we have clip after clip after clip of the Democrats touting how great the economy is, unemployment, and the rest of all of the numbers that are Enron rubbed. Oh, but they are. They're Enron massaged. You'd even make a skilling blush at what's going on. Kenneth Lay, he's smiling from hell. It's fantastic to watch. And the other admission is it cannot exist without hundreds of billions and billions and billions, dare I say trillions, of government-steered, government-corrupt money going into a very strategic sector of our economy to pretend that it is successful and pretend it is still based on companies. So they have to keep that phony wall up of companies. We're fighting the companies, and the companies are fighting us and the tax cheats and the IRS agents. Because $80 billion of this money will go specifically for IRS agents to target you, not the companies. See, the companies are in bed with these gargoyles like Chuck Schumer and the rest of the politicians. This is something crucial to remember. The spending bill... The inflation, which will fail and create massive, massive amounts of new inflation, is about coming after you people who are still earning money or have money and about extorting political enemies. This is something that Russians did, only they were a little bit more obvious. It was the government against the people. This one pretends that they're helping you. And I have the news that they're helping you in all of the clips. We even have one from the dimwit in diapers himself as he pretends to be shocked that the bill passed. But what I want to really talk about are the 17 senators who pretend to be Republicans and the 24 congressmen who pretend to be Republicans who stepped and fetched and went into this cabal of corruption, this chips and science bill. This is one that I'm never going to let it go. And the so-called leaders, what's the what's the dimwit who's supposed to be a Trump guy, supposed to be a Republican, he's supposed to be a conservative, Kevin McCarthy. He's a moron. Kevin McCarthy's a moron. And Scalise is there because he got shot and everybody felt sorry for him. They're good at nothing, and this bill proves it. This bill proves it. Because if they understood the principles of Americanism itself, of capitalism, of the economy, of property rights, they would have articulated this to the people who were elected by other people like us. The Democrats are the Democrats. They are a mafia. A cabal of corruption and incompetence and clout. They're used to this. So everything that they want to do that grabs more control by the government, it's going to pass. Their stupid constituents are either the welfare roaches that are looking for the handout or the predators who pretend to be in the private economy that profit from these bills. But the Republicans are where the betrayers. So all 24 congressmen, all 17 senators, and the leadership, the pretend leadership, 
And do I even have to tell you about Mitch McConnell? We all know what a corrupt piece of garbage he is. We already know that his wife, Mata Hari, isn't there because of his strong jawline and his uh, articulate masculinity. He, they're there because he's another political whore, and she is the pimp in this relationship. She gets appointed to all the positions in every administration, from Bush to Trump to the rest of it, because he is a capo in the GOP mafia. So we cannot clean the House of the Democrats. After all, the Democrats are the kind of people who put in Lori Lightfoot, they put in J.B. Pritzker, and they put in this union hack political whore, Joe Biden. Dimwit that he is. They love having him here because he's dumb enough to pretty much put anything on. Now, here he is pretending to be surprised about a, a vote that he knew was going to pass. The secretary has, uh, has talked about is that when the government's in on something that everyone acknowledges is useful and needed. Can you name what that is? When the government is in. Now, this is before he gets the news. When the government is in. What does that mean? When the government is in. Do you mean when they allow the citizens to operate? Is that what you mean by in? Or or do you mean the Democrat version of in? Where they're overpaying for simple tasks in the price of 100%, 400% because there's enough money to come back to the political politicians who steer the money, such as yourself and the other notable Democrat scum gangsters. That's what you really mean, isn't it, Joe? Diapers? The, the good thing about him having dementia is every once in a while he'll slip outside of the script and tell you what's really going on like, you know, the fiber optic changes, then everybody goes, well, maybe you're trying to tell me something, huh? Here's where he gets a note, and he pretends to read it. Oh, uh-huh. so far, we've got 217 yes votes for the ships bill. And the House has passed it. <laughs> Sorry for the interruption. But, Madam Secretary, talk a little bit about um, what private sector attitudes change, if they do, if the United States or the government is taking a risk and a chance on betting on by putting their dollars. This is what I want to talk about. By betting on and putting their dollars. You don't get to play hedge fund, venture capitalist, moron. You don't get to do that. See, it is not your decision to risk our money. Because we know what that turns out with. Solyndra is just a a minor example of the major waste, fraud, and abuse that the government has perpetrated on the American people. And the reason you have to pitch it to the Rhode Island governor, also Capo and the Democrat Mafia, is because you don't understand. You can't form sentences anymore. Your brain isn't working properly. So Gino Romando is going to try and put lipstick on this pig. After all, she's got the practice every morning. Where their, their money, where their mouth is in terms of what needs to be done. First of all, congratulations. That is huge. I don't want to... a long time. Yeah, we have been. And you, uh, the president has been amazing. And- Did you do me a favor and check NVIDIA stock? I want to see how Paul Pelosi's play came out. Because it's not just Paul Pelosi. It's the 24 Republicans. See, if we had real IRS agents, they would do a forensic audit of every Republican vote that votes for a spending bill and Democrats. And you could maybe explain to me how a child like Adam Kinzinger is worth millions of dollars for making a buck seventy-five a year. A buck seventy-five a year, he's got a net worth of seven million. How? How'd he do that? Because of this steering of your money. And their admission here, although you think it's a line in passing, when the government takes a risk, that is not the government's job. Do you understand? what the government is supposed to do? 
We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. Now, is that how you feel? Do you feel that that is how this country is working and has worked for the last 35 years? Do you feel that way? No, because there's a coup that has been afoot, and that is of this country's principles. You are now a European socialist. You are now part of the European oligarch corrupt system. That's what this bill is about. And the Republicans should know better. After all, that's how they all got elected. Yet I got to go to Louisiana to get a congressman with a little funny accent. But boy, oh boy, do I like what he has to say. I'll tell my colleague what we can agree on in the hallowed halls of this chamber. We can and should agree that men of principle do not intend to build the future of our republic upon backroom deals in the dark of night in the upper chamber of our bicameral Congress, which is exactly what happened with this bill, which is why it's now strongly opposed by my colleagues in the Republican Party. Not all of them there. Everything we do here to advance the future of America should be based upon the core principles that gave birth to America. Perhaps my colleague could agree with me upon that. That's the only kind of Republican that should remain in office. And I am dead serious. Do not give the GOP five cents because they will use what the ramifications of this bill, which will be clearly more failure, more waste, more fraud, more abuse. They will use it as a fundraiser. This is the game. And if you want it to stop, then stop funding the beast. Stop giving these Republicans money unless they are individuals like Higgins, like Paul, like Massey, like very specific people because the party needs to be torn asunder. And until old lady face Mitch McConnell and until dimwit Kevin McCarthy and aren't you, don't please feel sorry for me, Scalise, until these idiots, these incapable losers are thrown out of leadership, we will lose. We are losing. This isn't just something, oh, let's just pretend it's okay. And what are you going to do? You stand for something or you will bow for everything. That is what is happening here. This is not just a common little, oh, it just passed and it's going to help the supply chain. And you're giving money to trillionaires. These companies are worth hundreds of billions, if not trillions. They could bring that chip sector back here and it started here why isn't it here the answer is the government chased it offshore and now the only way it's going to come back is to those select companies those one that paul pelosi owns the options the call options on those one that all these congress political whores have bought into they'll get the money the honest chip manufacturer will not believe me he will not because this is corporatism This isn't capitalism. This isn't helping the economy. This is steering the corruption. This is how you take the entire country and turn it into that sewer of Chicago. The sewer of Chicago, 
where it's now commonplace where if you park your car in a in a strip mall parking lot and you walk across the street, they put the boot on and some charlatan Democrat charges you 170 to get the boot taken out. That's what it works like on a corporate scale, on a grand scale. It's how you bastardize the principles of business, of capitalism, of America. It's how you turn people into willing slaves, where they celebrate their own destruction as every Democrat roach moron pretends that this spending is going to somehow lead to something different than massive, massive taxes and cost to the ordinary American. And until it changes, here's your angle then. Your angle should be to get in on this scam. That's what the smart scumbags do, right? The smart ones like Tony Resco, the scumbags who have the government on the payroll. They get the the little bureaucracies, the little uh, convenience stores in O'Hare and all the little benefits. And they they buy the tax auction property like the the sitting judges in Cook County on the Table of Wisdom LLC. That's in on the scam. Or the scumbag lawyers in Winnetka driving around in their Mercedes talking about how great it is when they're in control. That is not principled Americanism. It's not capitalism. This is the bastardization of our economy. So do you really give a rip? Do you really give a rip what, uh, what Joe Biden has to say about the recession or what CNN has to say about the recession? After all, I remember when Democrats like Clinton knew how simple it was to identify. Well, a recession is two quarters in a row of negative growth. I don't think we're going to have that. Yeah. Well, we had it, Bill. Of course, you at least knew what definitions are. Now I have to listen to the view. Oh, the view. The dimwits on the view. Talk about lipstick on pigs. The, the dimwits at the view. They're going to tell me what a recession is. I think that the White House and Senate Dems are being too cute by a half. So today it came out. Ooh, that must be like a Valley Girl expression. Too cute by a half. Now talk real fast and hum when you sing, you dimwit. That we have the second straight quarter of uh, uh, decline in the economy, right. of GDP decline, which by most definitions does amount to a recession. No, 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 no. Stupid. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I, you know, I'm not single anymore, but I would look for the dumb girls. They're the best ones they have a good time with. It's not the, the most popular definition, dummy. It's the only definition. And the idea that you lost a point when inflation from producer price index 11%. Consumer price index by 8.5%. Just by the more spending, the GDP should have increased something or at least held its own. You think it's only down a percent and a quarter? If you did math the right way, if we had any characters or principles, they would impeach this corrupt, corrupt, corrupt dementia patient and all the Democrats. Instead, they're going to give them more money and more power. And now... You've corrupted one of the remaining few sectors of our economy that was actually productive and actually made money. Now it's as corrupt as those EVs. Oh, yeah. Did you see in the bill to the EVs? If you buy a new EV, you get $7,500 rebate. If you buy a used EV, which is uh, uh, car talk for cell phone, because that's how the batteries work. When it's cold, they suck. When it's hot, they suck. And then the batteries go bad. You got to throw the phone out. In this case, it's cars. You get 4000 for the used one. That's how you get to spend a trillion dollars to a very small section of rich people in the country paid for by all of you idiots still working. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. See, that's why um, my honey bunny, the lovely honey bunny, had an experience in a Chicago parking lot in a strip mall 
Laura Pee Wee Herman, also known as Dan Prof, shorter version. My honey bunny had a, had a situation in a parking lot in a Chicago strip mall. Parked her car. She ran across the street to send something to UPS, the UPS box. When she gets back, some scumbag, scumbag put a boot on her car. He said, oh, no, no, the parking lot hires me. It'll cost you 170 to get it off. That's when my honey bunny has to call me, but she didn't do that yet. Because I got a Norwegian Viking ancient axe in my car. Something tells me I could have convinced him to take the boot off. I think so. These are the Democrat scum scams that I cannot stand. It's almost like this spending bill. I can't stand these Democrat scum scams that are bribery to fuel money into specific companies so stock prices rise so that the companies don't have to pay for it. They benefit. Then they just buy a couple of senators and congressmen and forever have a deal that would make Halliburton smile. Rich and Niles. Uh, yeah, the reason I'm calling up is about Kathy Salvi. She's running for the U.S. Senate against Tammy Duckworth. Mm-hmm. And I looked up what she believes in, and she sounded, she looked like a combination of Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan and yeah. what the Republican Party was supposed to stand for decades ago, but they're just, they're just, they don't seem to stand for anything today. Rich, I, I, don't, I don't know the woman. I, uh, uh, oh. I know that she is a lawyer. She was a successful lawyer. I believe her husband was a big deal in the Illinois G- GOP. I'm not sure that means anything. I would say this to you. Call her uh, campaign and ask her the question of if she supports this spending bill for the chips. And if she says no, ask her why not. And if she cannot articulate that the reason is, is that it's not the government's job to A, risk the money, to B, look look at spending money as if they're investing it for the people versus benefiting very specific companies who all happen to be campaign con- contributors. Ask okay. her if she stands on the principles of what an American government is versus what a corrupt government is. And if okay. she can't answer that, then sit at home. Because <laughs> these are 17 Republican senators and yeah. 24 Republican congressmen that just mm-hmm. stabbed you in the back that would make Fidel Castro smile. Thank you very much. That's that simple. You think this is about helping you? This is more inflation. This is more. I have a clip of uh, of uh, Wally uh, Cleaver, the wall. He finally, he, 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 I guess he expired. He passed away. And he talks about what he's been going through for these last two years under COVID. And he talks about how, ver- you know, oh, stay in your home, wear your mask. We don't have time. He's the example. He just thought he was going to get takeout. Now he's dead. You don't have time to waste. We don't have time to work this spending, this corruption out. It either stops or you lose at a comfortable pace and you call yourself a Democrat. Candace, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Okay, this is going to build on what you were just talking about with um, just forget the GOP and giving them money. I only give money to Ron Johnson and a few people. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, Okay, so remember the chick who served um, her school board um, and got their bonds and, um, and frightened a lot of people? Um, I think her name is Mickey. I can't remember. But anyway, she's on Rumble now. Mm-hmm. And she just did know. a part one of eight. And, okay, just write this down because I want you to interview her, okay? All right. Part one of eight, <laughs> it, the law, dash, the law, there, there is no justice system. Okay. No. Remember, she was the one who served the school board All right. and got their bonds, whatever. Oh, and I think I vaguely remember the story. The cute blonde. Come yeah. on. All right. All right. Okay. I'm in. So I you had me at cute. Go ahead. Okay, I want you to have her on to talk about her part one of eight series because we're so off on a tangent from what we need to be talking about. Let's talk about 
the fact that none of our seats in our state assemblies are filled, you know, and then no, this is what happens. This is mafia corporation. I'm sick of it. And this is what happens when you get used to it. See, we're all used to this now. Okay. Well, second, secondly, let me make one more point. Russell, um, what's that guy, that comedian, Russell, whatever his name is. I can't remember. He's on um, Rumble too. And he, it's he like talking to my cousin Frankie Pumps. You don't know anybody's name. You're good. asking me like we just had a conversation. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, All right, go ahead. Lyme's disease. I got, I got Lyme's brain. But anyway, yeah. Vandana Shiva. You have to look her up. V-A-N-D-A-N-A Shiva. Oh, my gosh. See what she says about Bill Gates and the globalists. All this right. woman is brilliant, and she's fierce, and I want you to have her on the show. Okay? All right. I, I can't catch that Lyme disease like the monkeypox, right? I, I can't get the Lyme disease, can I? No. All right, good. No, no, no. I don't want it because I'll be walking around like that Dr. Awardy with the monkeypox. That's an ugly look. You can't pull that off. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the Capitol City. And now we're going to argue about a long, long wait while I'm recession or depression. But I know I'll be Bull market. Someday. Stock market loved this kind of stuff. Do you know why? The day after the Fed said that all of us are going to pay three quarters of a point more on the federal debt, the day after the government decides to spend hundreds of billions more, hundreds of billions. Now, a billion dollars, I got a bunch of idiots who never put together $35,000 in their real life. Now they're politicians. They're throwing around billions. It's a thousand millions, one billion. The debt to GDP now for the first time in American history. World War II, throw it all in, all of it, 130%. That's the debt-to-GDP ratio. Each taxpayer, now here's the skinny. A lot of morons walk around saying, I'm a taxpayer because they pay sales tax. We call them Democrats. 90% of them are subsidized eight ways to Tuesday. There's only a small portion, about 30% of the country actually pay taxes. The debt right now is $243,000 and change before this bill. That's what they have to get from you. That's why they hire the IRS agents. They're not going to get them from the companies that they just gave billions to because those companies give 30% back to the scum politicians who voted yes, including the Republicans. See, this is something that everybody knows, but we are held harmless. Why? Why are we, why are we so helpless here? We're so helpless. What are you, you going to do? The reason is your party, not the Democrats, they, they, go to, they go to Washington promising to bankrupt the country. They've already picked their, their special interests. They're called their base, their welfare roaches, and their corrupt companies. And they say, we're going to bribe you. And those people say, okay. But we keep sending guys there to say, fix it. We want an honest economy. We want the real thing. We don't want this to be passed on to our kids. And what good did it do? Stop funding your own destruction give the gop nothing it's time for the michael corleone my offer to you is this nothing as for the casino license you will pick it up senator scumbag mike st Anne, illinois hey sean what's up buddy how are you first of all good thank you i want a, a shout out for balancing nature i take it every day yeah and it's just Great product, great product. We Second already got Terry product. from Rogers Park doing the nail commercial. Now you're on here. Everybody's trying to muscle I'm, in on I'm my not, stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 
I'm trying to pump him, but but I am only a bill. All right, I love it. All right. On Capitol Hill, I love that song. Thank you very when much. I was a kid. Thank you, thank you. So go <laughs> but ahead. anyway, listen. But what you were talking about earlier about you know people running, and we need we need people like people like me. I can't run. I'm I'm a union pipe fitter, and I'm gonna talk to all my union pipe fitters out there right now. They need to vote Republican. I know they're. I know how everybody wants to be. What they, they tell us to be Democrat, but we're not Democrat. We're not all Democrat. And I want no, but you have to be. Brothers. You have to be because they've managed to corrupt your your trade. You know, and that's the problem Bullshit. with the union Bullshit. hierarchy. Those union hierarchies. You know, you know. I mean, you know what it is. I don't have to tell you. And then they muscle the guys not, who are honest. And if you want to keep the job, you'll step and fetch. And the fat ass business agent comes along and shakes you down when he wants to, or shakes the new guy on the job down. I know how it works, but it has to yeah, change. Well. It has to change, and it, it's it's gonna it's gonna it's going to kill your great grandkids. It, it, it destroys the, the future. The yeah, it destroys. But you got to clean it from the Republican side of the ticket. You got to throw each and every one of these Republicans, and I'm dead serious, out. And as far as the leadership, I, I love what they've shown you is they, they aren't any. There isn't any leadership. They cannot lead. These people who put their name on this failure of the Republican rebuttal to the Biden corruption, to the Biden crime family. These people who said, okay, well, I can't do anything. I'm sorry. They all voted. Now you're not the leader anymore. So Kevin McCarthy, go back to California. You should have known better than to put somebody from California in there. Look what's happened to the California Republican Party. It would be like putting an Illinois Republican in there. You think Adam Kinzinger? I'll bet you a dollar to a donut Adam Kinzinger voted for the bill. They haven't even released the name of the 24. You want to bet? I don't want to bet. Uh, I love right. you, Sean. I love you, too. I wouldn't have taken your money. I might have. You never know. I like money. Uh, Mitchell, this plane's. Sean, Sam Giancana and Santa Traficante and uh, Carlos Marcello would be very proud of your statement that you just said. Okay. I'd like to bring your attention to the following, Sean. Uh, you know, Lady Bird, she was married to LBJ. You know, he put this together, a, uh, a corporate contract to the uh, to uh, Bell Helicopters after he reversed uh, JFK's NSAM-263 to go into Vietnam. After he was assassinated the next day, he reversed it to 273 to put, uh, of course, the troops in the military-industrial complex back into Vietnam. Now, Lady Bird, to your point, she puts a huge option on Bell, Ho- Bell Helicopters, who happens to be in North Texas. So not only did they make billions of dollars on this one little transaction, they already had millions and trillions, literally, from Halberd. And he, so he, went, talk about he went to college with the heir um, to, the, right. to the Bell Fortune. And not only that, Lady Bird, the way, the way he made his first money is when he was in Texas government, he leveraged his political power to put radio stations in Lady Bird's name. And Lady Bird didn't yeah. mind because she was on the couch drunk as a skunk, hoping the mailman knocked twice. That's what was going on. All right, go ahead. And Coach, and Coach Stevens. What happened was he was going up against Coach Stevens. And yeah. the whole deal between the radio station is that he would get all this advertising funds. You know advertising, right? Inside yeah. and out. He'd get thousands of dollars in advertising. He would yeah. never run the ad. And it went into his pocket. And that was the benchmark. That was the, what I call the foundation of how basically corrupt the inside job politicians. LBJ yeah. was the best at it. And that's what you're seeing right now, Daniel. I agree. Thank you very much, Mitchell. Now, the real question is, who killed... Uh... Uh, who's who's a bigger war criminal, LBJ or Joe Biden? That's a tough one. Might as well throw the bushes in there. Boy, these are hard questions. Uh, Teresa, Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. 
I love President Reagan's we the people, you know, tell the government what to do. That's how it should be, but it's never been that way, and it never will. Politicians are, you know. Well, it was that way. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. It was that way. There used to be an expression in this country, I'll run you out of town on a rail. You know what that's for, right? You know how that originally started. When the people right. of, of certain communities around the country would, would realize that they were being robbed by politicians, they literally, like in the movie, Oh Brother, We're Out Thou, tied them to mm-hmm. a rail and ran them out of town. They couldn't come back. Yeah. They couldn't get their stuff. I think now they'd call that an insurrection. However, that's what this country was about because the people back then had an understanding it was better to be free than to be a slave. That's and, right. And, and, you know, now we don't. Now we just want to like. Right. Now we just want to have a master that likes us. And those are normally, right. normally Democrats. But what you're seeing is they're also a lot of Republicans. Thank you very much, Teresa, for the phone call. I love those old brother we're out, though. I know we're kin, but... They got this depression on. How I got to do for me and mine? Yeah. You think that's the past? That's the future right there. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. The Democrat National Convention theme music, is it not? There you go. The only problem is nobody ever thought the mafia would be full of this many ugly people. I mean, they are some ugly son of a guns. Speaking of that, where's that? Uh, here she is. Well, good morning. This executive order, according to the mayor, was kind of a preemptive step as some states are looking to make it illegal for people to cross state lines to seek services like an abortion. Now, I know that that's a WGN moron What is stupid hair do. Where's the state that's trying to make it illegal? Can you name one? Because there isn't one. Absolute lie. But it's WGN. And after all, they're Chicago-based. You have a right to make medical decisions without fear of retaliation, prosecution, or further harm, period. What about I don't want the vaccine? But I don't want the vaccine! You in the detective costume. You who shaves in the receding hairline like you were an actual man. You, freak. I don't want the vaccine. You didn't say that then. No, no, no. In fact, you were threatening. How many policemen and firemen and other municipal workers did she fire? How many? Huh? Freak. And while we cannot stop anti-abortion states from trying to take action in court against providers or patients in Chicago, we can ensure that as a city government... We are never complicit in aiding and abetting those efforts. Yeah, but you're very complicit in aiding and abetting drug dealers. Oh, you're very complicit in aiding and abetting uh, cartel members. Oh, you are. In fact, you like to work with them a little bit. You got that Lollapalooza going on, huh? Tell you, last year cost me a fortune. I had to bribe my, my one kid not to go. Worth every penny. Bribe her, bribe the friends. Can you imagine this year? Chicago passes two big milestones in its effort to prevent opioid overdoses. Since October, the Department of Public Health has handed out more than 50,000 fentanyl test strips. And- what the hell is that, though? This is what you're doing to stop it? You don't want to make it illegal or prosecute the drug dealers. You know, after all, who would donate to the alderman and Kim Fox and the rest of it? So you're going to hand out strips? Oh, yeah. You on the floor flipping around like a carp in a boat. Yeah, you definitely got it. We tested this strip, and, and yeah, you're going to die. More than 500 kits containing Narcan nasal spray have been distributed at Chicago libraries. Narcan. 
Chicago libraries, finally good for something. I mean, aside from being homeless shelters, now you can go in and get yourself some Narcan. Can can be used to reverse the effects of an overdose. If you or a loved one is seeking treatment for an opioid use disorder, call the Illinois Helpline. That number is yeah. on your- <laughs> I can't wait to talk to that peach. You're going to get on the other side of the line. Boy, this Lori Lightfoot's got it all. Here should be the advertisement. Come here and kill your kid. Or if you don't like your kid, just send him to Lollapalooza. We'll kill him there. Come to Chicago. We'll kill your kid no matter what the circumstances. David and Lansing. Sean, uh, this is starting to really piss me off, this fentanyl that they're letting over the borders. I know somebody who got pregnant, a young woman. She had a miscarriage because she started smoking, in my opinion. She started smoking the Chicago pot like a few months uh uh, before she got pregnant and through the whole pregnancy. You sure, though? Because if you look at it this way, Lori Lightfoot thinks she's a boom to the economy, along with Pritzker. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. That is their plan. That is their plan. And you could call it, you know what? That could be two birds and one stone. Uh, Cannabis abortion. Yeah, I like it. Cannabis and abortion. Yeah, Yeah, you can't follow me. Wendy, Chicago. Hi, Wendy. Hi. Hi. I heard the... uh... Pipefitter from Chicago call you up. He's 597. Mm-hmm. I own a 597 business. All right. And then you're saying that business owners cower down to the union. No, we don't. Sir. No, 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 no. no I, said, I said workers. Workers are forced to cower down and vote Democrat. No, they're not. And Euchers, no, workers. And in my shop, I'm tired now. Good. We're all voting good. Republican. Good. That's good. That's nice. But you're gonna, but you're gonna... I deal with the union all the time, and the union comes and slaps my hands after I ask them for apprentices, and I can't get apprentices from them. But if I don't hire apprentices after six months, they slap my hand, even though they tell me I can't get apprentices, and they want to penalize me. Exactly. That, that, that's, that's the I scam I'm this. arguing I about. This. Yeah, I, I, I have that, friends. I'll, I have friends in your business. I have relative in the fence business. I know all about this. And it's a shame what they do to the honest businessman because the corrupt union has the blessing of the government. That shouldn't be allowed to rule your company or rule the industry like that. My issue is the unions were started up for small guys, the little guys. Now the big corporations have... Are trying to eat my little, the little guys because I underbid them on all the damn jobs. Do you know how El Capone's brother was killed? No, I don't. At a union strike, Al Capone and his Capone family were enforcers for the unions. That's how Al Capone's brother was killed. It's been mobbed up since Al Capone could put a hat on his bald head. The only difference is now the mobsters are embodied by freaks in nature. Thank you very much. Mafia, la cosa nostra. The Democrats. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Don King. Just follow me if we need a little 
Isn't that what Don King would say every time he scroogeed one of the boxers? Only in America, baby. Charge Mike Tyson $100,000 for towels for a fight. Only in America, baby. Looks like a deal compared to this government. By far. The very government that created and destroyed the tranquility of our economy. They're here to rescue you. How are they going to do it? Ooh, you're going to love it. It's called the Inflation Reduction Act. What's it going to do? Create massive inflation. The exact opposite of the name. Like so many of their bills. Think of the Affordable Care Act. Times it by 20. And throw in a little Mitch McConnell. There you go. That's what it's going to do. I want to bring on EJ and Tony. First of all, I don't know if I can talk to him now after we had a cigar together. It's just not the same. So we talk over the phone versus having our cigar. E.J. Antoni is a research fellow at the Regional Economics Center for Data Analysts at Heritage Foundation. He's also an old-fashioned economist, specializes in monetary policy, fiscal issues. He's been featured on a variety of different news outlets. This is his favorite one, even though he's not smoking a cigar. E.J., how are you? Sean, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Aggravated, because I was against... This kind of spending when the cost to the people was more than half. What were you paying? About 80% reduction when they started spending all this kind of money? Now the same day they raise the cost to the ordinary man? 24 hours later they pass more money? It's insanity to me. No, it's absolutely insanity. And you, you really hit the nail on the head when you were talking about how this is literally the opposite of its name. I mean, you know, what else would we expect, though, from the same people who you know, think they can redefine everything from inflation to, to what a woman is? <laughs> right. Here, it's a new economy. Two down quarters of GDP is not a recession anymore. And if your name is Earl, you can get pregnant. Welcome to Biden America. Oh, that's exactly right. And, you know, quite frankly, families can't afford to live in Biden's America. I mean, look at look at what's happening with with uh, home ownership affordability. We have basically created an entire class of permanent renters in this country, people who will essentially never be able to afford a home at the rate we are going. It's 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 preposterous. And, you know, it's it's like during the Obama years. Right. We are listening to almost the same thing. Only now just add zeros. More people are at home with their parents than ever. More people are delinquent on debt. The debt has never been greater in the history of money, personal or corporate, both record setting. At the same time, we just the, the government told us the answer is to massively increase the cost of that debt. So you're going to drag half the country into bankruptcy. And what they keep ignoring is number two things, two things. In the early 80s, the federal rate of, uh, uh, for money was 16.3%. That was the Fed rate, right? So if, if high interest is the answer, why didn't it work then? Number two, the GDP debt to ratio was 34.6% in the 80s. It's 130% of the GDP. So we're technically bankrupt. And the answer is to create more of the bankruptcy? I don't understand it. And how do we put our country into receivership so that you and I could take over and straighten this dung out? You know, it's especially crazy when we remember that inflation is a tax. And we, you know, Sean, you and I have talked about this plenty of times before. Inflation's a tax is just a hidden tax because Congress doesn't vote on it. The president doesn't sign it. The Federal Reserve does the dirty work for those two groups so that the government can basically steal money from people without their knowledge. Okay, so inflation is a tax. We want to lower a tax. How on earth do you lower a tax? 
There's only one way to do that. You have to reduce government spending. And what's their plan? Increase government spending. Find me one tax in the history of the world that was ever reduced by the government spending more money. No, it's a it's a hidden thing. But but what it does do in this bill, which is called the inflation reduction, which is going to massively increase, it does pick its favorites. And this is something that's astonishing to me, how complacent the people are because they've been beat into this slave mindset where they're now told how to think, how to act, when to leave their house, and the whole rest of it. But what it does, it's, it, it, it's almost unbelievable that it's not being reported, even by accident, in the right way. $369 billion to very select companies, specifically in the eco-Nazi climate change business, carbon emissions by 40% by 2030. None of this is going to be accomplished, but what will be accomplished is welfare, to very corrupt companies that already could not exist if it wasn't getting government money, such as the EV and the rest of it. So what can the American people, you know, I know you're an economist, and I know your argument is, listen, I just give you the information, and you people do the rest. But when we're in a position when 24 Republicans who ran it for Congress by saying they were going to help us and get government and all the rest of it, they all run as if they're uh, George Washington. And when they get there, they turn into Mao Zedong. So now here we are. 24 Republicans on the, in the Congress, 17 in the Senate, and the leadership's all in. What are the American people to do, in your opinion, aside from all run to states that have very, very conservative representatives and strengthen those? What's the other alternative, in your opinion? Well, I'm take this with a grain of salt since I'm a monetary scientist, not a political scientist. But I think we just have to really amp up the pressure on these people. And, you know, what do you think about clear, a strike? I'm not a, I'm not a liberal, so I'm not calling for violence. Right. No, no, no. Right. But, but what do you think about a strike? I mean, you know what? I don't I don't know if we can really take anything off the table at this point. We are heading in exactly the wrong direction on virtually every front in terms of the federal <laughs> it's so government. Crazy. I mean, it literally everywhere. So and then when you look at like today's GDP report, for example, I mean, I literally can't find a silver lining in the darn thing. No. Investment dropped off 13 and a half percent last quarter. I mean, this is insane. That's not what we Biden really said. We have to turn this battleship around and fast. Biden said that everything was great. I heard him. You know, he said everything seems great. It's not a it's not a depression to him or a recession to him. But I also want to talk a little bit about how they massively raise costs to the to the ordinary man, the small businessman, and the owner that employs so many of their workers. Something as simple as the air conditioning sector right now, because this is big in the climate section of our society. There are new regulations that come in that virtually kick out 70% of air conditioners and the way in which they get coolant. So all those maintenance workers, all the rest of it, can no longer do the function of which air conditioning was. And at the same time they regulate all this, they massively raise the costs of the new systems. How is the, the person not on the subsidy... What are they to do except turn to the subsidy? And doesn't it explain why they have to constantly keep upping subsidies to everybody? Well, they either have to turn to that subsidy or they turn to a different subsidy we call welfare because they've been put out of business. I mean, you know, once once again, this is just another example of the left creating dependent classes and replacing, you know, essentially replacing the middle class with people who are dependent on the government. And so that's a that's a pretty surefire way to create perpetual electoral superiority when your entire constituency is always dependent on you and begging you for more handouts so that they can afford to eat. 
So we see the stock market rally on this news. Stock market rallies on yesterday's news uh, as they as they massively increase the rate. It was in 2009 I felt that the market was no longer a market. that was an indicator of, of businesses and the economy in general. It was more of an index to corporatism, to government favoritism, as these companies are the ones that thrive. And when you see so many of the politicians and the people who work in government profit from this, are you even comfortable saying that we have a legitimate economy anymore? Or is it just a big bastardized form of corporatism? Oh, my goodness. That's a good question. You know, but between the, this corporate welfare uh, computer chip, you know, garbage handout that they just did, and now all of the green energy boondoggle garbage on top of it, I mean, how how insane can we get? And I don't think we could do a better job of, of picking winners and losers. And honestly, if you ask me to write a playbook for how to destroy the economy and turn us into a you know corrupt form of central planning. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I could write a better playbook than what we're seeing right now. Shouldn't the um, next group of politicians that run, the reality is a lot of this can be stopped. These bills, the numbers that they get to are phased in over 10 years, or at least the savings are. are is the spending also phased like that or is the spending instant? No, of course, very conveniently, just like the trick they played with Obamacare, they start the taxes right away because you know a lot of this stuff has to be passed through the, the reconciliation gimmick because they don't have 60 votes in the Senate for most of these things. So what they do in those instances is they very frequently have taxes that last longer than the government outlays. Of course, once that time period expires, you are now running perpetual deficits from that additional program. So every politician that's, that is running right now, I mean, we have elections coming up, and all these people, like I said, they're all going to run as Milton Friedman, and they're all going to run as George Washington. The reality is, in the event that they do take back the House, they can change this in a hurry, and the next person to run for, for the big seat with the dimwit and diapers is, is, is wedding as we speak. He can run on executive orders to cancel all these programs. So the reality is, we can change the trajectory if we get people of character versus the leadership in the Republican Party, the 24 Republican congressmen, 17 senators, that went along and literally rubber-stamped this kind of spending and, and that we can turn it around with the right people. Correct? No, absolutely. You know, there, there is hope. Um, I mean, it, we, we forget sometimes Ronald Reagan didn't come out of thin air, right? It took a Jimmy Carter to give us a Ronald Reagan. And, you know, that's, that's I think, hopefully the direction that we're heading in right now. Biden is basically messing up everything so badly 130. That, at the end, that at the end of the day, people are going to vote for almost no matter who his replacement is. And that's one of the reasons why we have to make sure that it's the right person. 130% that the GDP. Has 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 America ever been in this position or even close to it? You know, it, it's tough to tell because of how bookkeeping has changed over the years. I'm referencing like periods like uh, when we II. first got out of the Revolutionary War, for example. Um, but excluding those instances, no. I mean, we have we have never had debt to GDP like we're seeing right now. We have never had tax revenue to GDP like we're seeing right now. If anyone for a single instance thinks that this is somehow a problem where we're not collecting enough taxes. We are currently coll collecting a higher percentage of taxes in terms of GDP than at any other point in the nation's history, period. 
So please don't give me this garbage by an administration about how we need more taxes to balance the budget or to help the economy. I mean, it's the biggest bunch of hogwash. I'm on us.clock.org, and I, you know, it's really my home screen on my on my phone when I log on, and uh, we're spending six tr- official spending official spending six trillion dollars a year. We're bringing in record number of 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 revenue at 5.7. So it really doesn't matter what we bring in. We're always going to spend more. And isn't that um, the scam where the banksters are always going to have their profit margin? I mean, after all, someone's making this money from the interest. No, Sean, Sean, that's exactly right. And you know, when you have a fiat currency where bankers create the money out of nothing, they are creating that money out of nothing to lend to the government and the government is paying them interest. And then those government bonds are used as the basis for making loans to the public also, which is going to pay interest to the banking system. And so they are getting income on both ends of that equation. And of course, who are they going to donate a portion of their incomes to? The politicians that allow them to continue that system. U.S. debt that's held by foreign countries. You know, people think this is a big number. I think it's relatively small. $7 trillion is held by foreign currencies out of the 30 one trillion we now have with this new bill. Um, how much of that is funded by foreign policy? I mean, aren't we actually paying countries to buy our debt? No, no, we are in in many instances. And you know, one of the few saving graces why many countries can't turn around and just say, you know what, we're not doing this anymore, and dump the treasuries on the market and cause a real financial catastrophe for us, is because just like our banking system uses those government bonds as the basis for the money supply. Many foreign countries actually do the exact same thing. And so they <laughs> One could giant not liquidate scam. our bonds. Yeah, yeah we, we got a billion people in on a scam. Yeah. Right. Yep. Social Security unfunded liability. Social Security liability. This is a staggering number. $22 trillion. Um, how can that go on without being tackled first? Well, it it really can't. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, the government is getting away with it right now because those COLA, the cost of living adjustments that they give to Social Security every year, you know, that never quite keeps up with inflation. So every time we get inflation, every year that happens, it actually reduces the real value of your Social Security payments. And so that actually helps the government out a little bit in terms of reducing uh, those unfunded liabilities. But at the end of the day, it's, it's nowhere near enough to actually balance the books when it comes to Social Security. I mean, the only way out of that is going to be either massive tax increases or a massive cut to benefits or some combination. Has it ever really been challenged in the Supreme Court? Because here's my argument. The government has bankrupted the system that they guaranteed was going to be there and all the rest of it, and it runs on this. I don't want to be a problem to my country, and in fact, I don't want the service. So you, it's bankrupt. It's not, it's not existing. Why can't I break it and say, I don't want it, give me my money back, we're even? And if we got you know, 10 million people to do that, don't you think that might be a better way, rather than relying on these political whores we keep sending to Congress to do something, do nothing? No, it's, it's a great point, especially when you look at how much of what FDR did, including Social Security, that was just blatantly unconstitutional. And I would not be surprised if in the coming years, especially now that we have a Supreme Court 
who much more closely actually reads the Constitution and not what they want to be in the Constitution, I would not be surprised if those challenges result in very favorable outcomes, including the dissolution of a lot of these just failed, corrupt, bankrupt programs. DJ, I want my name versus the United States government, especially with the political whore like this dimwit running it. Let's sue the dung out of them. Come on, you're the Heritage Foundation, for God's sakes, where I go to read all of my EJ and Tony articles. Please keep it up. You haven't written one for a few days now. I've been looking. So come on now. This is a good conversation. Write one based on it. You got it. I will get right on it, <laughs> All right, brother. See you next time you're in the mood for a cigar. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Nice. Democrats. They're the ones who brought you to this utopia. Now, you know, when people stay in the utopias, you get what you deserve. You vote for Democrats in Chicago for 100 years. You get this kind of stupid that you deserve. You get the kind of corruption. You get it. Now live with it. But when you export it to Washington, D.C., now you drag a bunch of really good people. Really good people. Chicagoans, you voted for this. You want to be in the mafia? Go ahead. Live amongst yourselves. But the good news is there are enough people who really hate what's happening. What we do know is that Americans hate this economy, right? The CNN poll out recently found that 64% of Americans believe the U.S. economy is currently in a recession. Now, that may not be the case, but that's what people feel. And Don't that tell is, me how to feel. Exactly. Great. But that is because of the high cost of living. People uh, have an experience like this, anything like this, uh, many of us in our lifetimes, and they're feeling at the gas station, the grocery store, at the mall. And until that improves, people are still going to dislike this economy. So the good news is these idiots are going to continue to tell people what to think in the face of their own reality, in the face of what they experience on a daily basis, what they feel in their gut. And that's why ultimately people are going to realize that Joe Biden and the American Democrats are simply frauds, simply scam artists. Simply tyrants who really don't give a rip what the people of this country go through. Thank you. And let me speak to one other issue. Let me speak to one other issue. The GDP and whether or not we are in a recession. Both Chairman Powell and many of the uh, um, uh, significant. Sounds uh, great, doesn't he? Like a man. Personnel. Sounds like a man. Say we're not in a recession. But let me just give you what the facts are in terms of the state of the economy. Number one, we have a record job market of uh, record unemployment of 3.6% today. This is a hard one, right? So in the beginning, when that number started to be, and it, I argued that it was frauded when it was under Trump. Before COVID, that was the number. A little higher. Shut down, economy lost. Roughly 16, maybe 14 million jobs. Since before COVID, not one job hired. Not one. This is the economy being turned back on. Vast majority of these jobs are through the trillions upon trillions of welfare that have gone out to different varieties of people and companies and the rest of it. In fact, I say 
there is not 80% of the of the jobs that is not subsidized. So you get about 20% that are organic, actual jobs, where their pay isn't paid for by PPP, where they're not subsidized to hire, there's not government funding or a government contract. See, that's welfare. A government contract that's paid for by government is not economic growth. It's government spending. Now, there isn't a Democrat that admits he's a Democrat that can understand that. But that's just the fact. Sooner or later, you're not going to be able to lie your way through this. Although, as I look at this half man up there, trying to look confused, he looks just confused. He can't form a sentence. And he's been lying for 50 years. Maybe uh, we're not at the end of the rope. We've created 9 million new jobs so far just since he became president. Business are investing in America. Now, see right there, the Republicans, and I'm dead serious about this. They should impeach him. Right there. That is an absolute total lie. But what does the rest of the Democrat mafia think? Well, let's go to the average Democrat and the intelligence of, uh, of them on display for all to see on a network show. Brian Deese, the head of the National Economic Council in the Biden White House, defined a recession as two straight quarters of economic right, sure. decline. But they're not calling it that. And then we've got this this what are act. They calling it? They're saying that it's not quite a recession yet. Yeah. And then we've got this act, which they're calling the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. I think that's great messaging. I, it's great messaging. Great messaging. I hope it does that. I'm not confident it will. It is raising. T- By the way, this girl speaking, that sounds like a Valley girl from California. She's supposed to be a Republican. I hope it will. I don't think it will. I mean, is that even a sentence? And the other one that, that's saying what a great messaging it is, she's a lawyer, Democrat lawyer. Taxes, and I know there's On various... corporations of, only, well, and people who make over $400,000. My fear, though... Now, there's Joy Behar. She is the woman that was the test subject for Cialis. Because if you could stay focused, well, that's moving. You are on a drug that works. Joy Behar doesn't understand because Joy Behar has never had to work in the economy. She has no understanding. There is no such thing as a tax on corporations. None. That is a tax on consumers. It's passed on. They don't pay it. It's called that will increase more inflation. Oh, but it will, Joy. And as far as people that make over $400,000, to take their money and give it to the government that wastes it is another indicator that there will be continued stagflation mediocrity and corruption because those people who in this economy can make 400,000 they're better than most they're the people who should be able to have all their money because they're the ones that make the world go around not the government and something tells me that Joy Behar and the rest of these view tramps are not going to pay the cost that they pretend are going to fix things they all have accountants that worked for Trump they all have accountants that work for the DNC. They all have accountants that will circumvent and navigate. You want to keep America on a path of freedom and liberty? Everybody pays the same joy, and nobody gets something for nothing. I understand there wouldn't be a Democrat left. However, that's how it should work. But that's not what frightens me. There's always going to be scallywags and scumbags and Democrats. What frightens me is how many they are. Just listen to the applause is on corporations, then that trickles down to job growth. And the one thing that... They always aren't that. putting the money back into into their employees. They're taking the profits, Alyssa, and they're pocketing it themselves. Well, you but, know that. But my fear, my fear is this. You know that. My fear Great is Economics this. never works. Republican economic policy never works other well, than to make, to make wealthy people but respectful, richer. Respect- really? 
the basis, that's not Republican economics, you moron. It's just the principle of economics. Republicans bastardize it as well, just not as much. And I've been hearing this for years, at least when Barack Obama did it. It was, it was wonderful. It was captivating. There was a certain rhythm to it. But it was still the same Marxism, still the same bull dung. Warren Buffett's secretary shouldn't pay a higher tax rate than Warren Buffett. It is wrong that in the United States of America, a teacher or a nurse or a construction worker who earns $50,000 should pay higher tax rates than somebody pulling in $50 million. Now, see, the substance of what he says is moronic and stupid. It's a fairy tale. But listen to the vibrant. Listen to the way he says it. Now compare it to this. At record rates, at record rates, foreign business like SK and others are investing. Oh, my God. What is taking so long? Really? What is keeping this guy up? One of Barack Obama's great gifts is the ability to say things that are absolutely absurd and make them sound not only plausible but inspiring. First of all, the vast majority of taxes are paid by people in the upper 10% of the income tax. So the whole picture that he's painting there has no relationship to reality. It may well be that if someone has capital gain, that they will pay a lower rate of taxation in a given year. Of course, capital gains are not there in a given year that you may have stock options accumulating over five or ten years and then in one year when you when you cash them in that year you have a spike in your income so the the capital gains tax takes into account the fact that this wasn't all earned that particular year now are you going to explain that to joy behar you think joy behar or her cialis addict husband are going to understand the nuances of this do you think that they're going to fight for the true fairness of what a free country would be where Everybody pays the same. Everybody. And by the way, Joy, there are no corporations. There are just people. Those are entities of liability hedging, liability insurance. They're not real. It's only people. But then again, there's no government. Those are just people, too. And those are corrupt son of a guns. As a Fox News digital review shows, at least 14 of Hunter Biden's business associates met with then-Vice President Biden, ranging from Mexican billionaires to a former Colombian president to Ukrainian and Russian energy executives. Yet Biden consistently denies it. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And those companies, Joy? Those companies that got all the kind of benefits and favoritism of the American government. How much taxes do they pay? What's their corporate tax rate to America? Joy? Huh? Lipstick on a pig? 312-642-5600. Hey, Stewie, 3 o'clock. Time for The View. No, 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 not again! (laughs) Let me out of here! I can't watch another second! Sean, now, 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. It's another taste of Chicago. Yeah, no, this is Lollapalooza, right? Man, oh man. How many suburban parents are just nerve-wracked? Although, what's tonight? Tonight's the Rockers, right? I don't know. Metallica? Yeah, okay. So those are not a lot of suburban kids. Uh, very, very dangerous. But I wonder, did Joy Behar, I didn't listen to the whole show, did, did she talk about how we're going to get the money back from Ukraine? No? You know what happened with uh, the Zelensky's, right? 
While Ukraine gets ravaged by war, bodies pile up and missiles rain over the nation. President Vladimir Zelensky and First Lady Olena Zelensky have uh, appeared in a magazine with wartime themed pictures. The photo shoot has sparked global outrage, calling the feature tone deaf, insensitive, and opportunistic. So we gave him $64 billion, and Zelensky, who's worth $600 million, and his wife did a cover shoot for Vogue. By the way, I had to get that in India. American News is covering that because they don't want people like Joy Behar to say, wait a minute, maybe we should stop focusing on Americans who make $400,000 a year and work their ass off and figure out how to get some of this bribery money back that the Biden crime family has been benefiting from. Boy, that would be something, huh? Then, of course, they'd have to take a look at who we gave $64 billion to. So world leaders, powerful politicians, billionaires, celebrities, religious leaders... Even drug dealers, all targeted for hiding their investments in mansions, exclusive beachfront homes, yachts and other assets. That's according to a review of nearly 12 million files from around the world. It's the latest report by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists involving 600 journalists, naming people like the former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair, Jordan's King Abdullah, Kenyan President Uhura Kenyatta and the German supermodel Claudia Schiffer. Also implicated, the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky. Huh. Earlier, I spoke to our correspondent. Oh, that's shocking, huh? Gulliver Crack. The papers reveal that Volodymyr Zelensky's production company, Quartal 95, and numerous people associated with it and with him used offshore companies in order to store the money that they had earned for many years before Volodymyr Zelensky was elected president. Um, there is no indication in these papers that this money... Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got a, just some offshore accounts in Cyprus with Ihor Kolomoisky, the oligarch, and yeah. Another possible case of corruption in Ukraine has been exposed. Multinational pharmaceutical corporation Valiant is being accused of bribery on a massive scale. Its Ukrainian subsidiary is said to have offered bribes and kickbacks to get doctors and pharmacies to buy their products. The huh. huh. What about getting that money back? Anybody want to talk about the $64 million? Nah, we're good with that. Okay, let's go after that pharmacist. Not the one that corrupted Ukraine, the one who makes $403,000. Let's penalize that son of a gun. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Hey, buddy. Thanks for taking my call, Slugger, man. I'll tell you what. When I heard you talking earlier and that, there was something that came to my mind. These politicians, and the question I'm going to ask you at the end is, um, where did the founding fathers go wrong with this uh, Constitution and the papers and different things that they writ wrote? To protect us from this, okay. So you could go, you go back to all different things, but just a couple of examples: the Obamacare, the politicians, they they're exempt. They get the special Cadillac insurance. They don't get the same as us when they're taking care of their hooves and their little boys that they play with and all the kind of things. They get caught and they might have to have legal expenses or something like that. The American people has to pay for it for yeah, them. Then true. they get protected when they do their inside trading. That's yeah. all okay for them to get away with. They make all the rules for themselves to protect them. They're protected. They make the rules to protect them. They exempt themselves for everything. I love it, Craig. And the founders didn't go wrong. They never thought the American people would be so complacent to let their freedoms and liberties go to politicians as they destroyed the country. They never thought the American people would allow politicians to bankrupt the country. Never. They overestimated the character of the citizen. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... 
With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. things I want you to know before we go into this conversation. Medicaid recipients, 85,381,831. Okay? Yet Medicare liability, $34 trillion. How in the world can you possibly sustain that? The answer is you cannot. In 2020, U.S. healthcare spending grew 9.7% in just 2020 and reached $4.1 trillion or $12,530 per citizen. Staggering. Staggering. They've always been helping. What about the Affordable Care Act? Not really affordable. In fact, premiums went up 400%. We lost 50% of hospitals, 50% of doctors. It is an unmitigated failure, and the government is determined to double and triple and quadruple down on stupid. We need to stop it. We have somebody on the line who has been working for decades. His name is Dr. Bob Moffitt. Dr. Bob Moffitt is a senior research fellow at the Center for Health and Welfare Policy at the Heritage Foundation, specialized in health care and entitlement programs, especially Medicare, for decades. He's a reform effort for government experience, senior official of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And uh, this was during the, the Reagan years. He was the Office of Personal Management. Dr. Bob Moffitt, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. I'm an old Reagan guy. And... Uh... I'm so I'm still full of optimism. So you're principled, you have integrity, and you believe in Americanism. You are obviously a radical. However, what can we possibly do to stop the destruction of not just uh, uh, healthcare as we know it, but as the monetary system? As this keeps failing at extremely high costs, what can the American people do? Oh, I think uh, you've got to be what? Well, I mean, we live in a democratic republic, right? Uh, I think you should be camped out. You should be camped out on your congressman's doorstep. Um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm not kidding. I think it's gotten to the point where we have got to make it clear uh, to these guys that, with regard to the um, horrifying inflation that we have, which, by the way, brought my boss, my former boss, Ronald Reagan, to power, yeah. was the combination of exactly what we're going through right now. A recession combined with a horrifying level of inflation at the same time. Um, we called it the misery index. Well, it's back. It's like Carter has had a uh, a resurrection or a reincarnation uh, in Joe Biden, and the country is in terrible, terrible shape. But every single person uh, has got to be directly involved, and it's not a question of cursing at the television. They've got to make their views known to members of Congress. And if that requires going down and visiting and setting up an appointment, you've got to be nice. You know, you've got to be re- responsible. You've got to be respectable, uh, obviously. But you've also got to let them know that you, they cannot continue this crazy spending, You know, crazy but, congressional spending. And listen, what got me involved in the first place was I was a young man in the 70s. I lived through this. I yep. watched I watched an entrepreneur who I loved to death and also was my grandfather struggle right. through those times, get involved, watch television, 
and have conversations that mattered. And then I saw Ronald Reagan, who I had such admiration for, who had such a way of articulating and explaining because he understood it. However, he was hamstrung. He was hamstrung with a corporatist, in my opinion, and an absolute fraud that I think is provable history, the Bush. Bush bastardized Reaganomics, bastardized Reagan's mission, and helped corporatize so much of the problems that took us down. Now, I know that's a controversial opinion, but there has to be some explanation for how these problems, good, honest men like you, good, honest men like Ronald Reagan, have been working on for half a century. Yet here we stand today, in the year 2020, where the Medicare liability is $34 trillion. Doc, this can't work. It's not working. So let's bankrupt the system, and if they don't want to capitulate, then let's have citizens sue on the unconstitutional forced coercion and compliance to a corrupt system. What do you think about that? Well, I think, you know, going to court and suing, I think, you know, that's a nice idea. But the truth of the matter is all power comes from the Hill. All power comes from Congress. Ultimately, it's Congress that writes the bills. Congress is the one that spends the money. Congress has absolute control over the purse. And uh, if you do not like what is going on, uh, there is a very simple answer. And that answer is the member of Congress in your district who is responsible every single day uh, for exercising his judgment about whether we are going to continue on the path we're on or whether we're going to take a different position. And so, no, it's a matter of personal, direct uh, citizen involvement. Again, be respectful. Be respectful. Always be respectful. There's no point in civility. But be persistent. The Lord said, ask and you shall receive. Persistence is what is required here. And uh, constant communication with members of Congress and their staff. Also, if you have a particular issue, whether it's uh, an issue dealing with labor or the economy, uh, if it's health care, if it's immigration, no matter what it is, when you call the congressional office, you're obviously not going to talk to the congressman. Uh, very few people can possibly get through to the congressman. But you ask for the member of the staff who actually handles that issue, and you get to know that staffer, and you make your views known, and you ask the staffer clearly uh, you know, how they are going to respond to the issues that are facing the country. And right now the biggest issue facing the country is this um, massive tax and spending bill um, that is now before the Senate, um, which is going to make things worse, no question about it. No question about it. But, you know, I, I, I've particularly been taking a look at health care, which is your specialty, since Barack Obama yeah. was able to put in the cornerstone of all fascism in socialized medicine the Affordable Care Act, which wasn't affordable, didn't care, and it acted in a, in, a, in a ridiculous fashion by destroying 50% of doctors, 50% of hospitals. And here we are, 12 years later, politicians have run against it for those 12 years. And, and here's the part that gets me. Last year, the, fret, the feds themselves recorded a record $5 billion in health care fraud. How in the world oh, yeah. can we implement? Now, you've worked in this industry. You were in these bureaucracies. What is the penalty for health care fraud? I mean, they must, uh, it must like be shooting somebody in Chicago. They let you out the next day. Why can we do nothing about this that continues year in and year out, and the number just gets bigger as the costs do? Oh, it is big. Uh, it's about 10%, and it's mostly in Medicare and Medicaid. I mean, you don't find that much. Pri- in fact, you know, in the private sector, you don't really find that much fraud. 
but you do find it in Medicare and Medicaid. And the reason for it is, is that you have a system which is so complex, so bureaucratic, uh, that uh, in many cases it's very, very hard to trace fraud. Yeah. The other difficulty is, the other difficulty, and it's, it's a real problem, the other difficulty is, is that a lot of times what we call fraud is not necessarily fraud in the, in the traditional sense of the term, but rather it's improper payments. Uh, made by the government to doctors, hospitals, clinics, home health agencies, you name it. But part of that is because, frankly, the regulatory regime, the payment-setting regime, is so complex that a lot of times ordinary, honest doctors just make mistakes. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, the the paperwork that that we impose on them is enormous. I've And, you know, I've been following this for many years, actually. But, I know you. Uh, the admin- the administrative cost of running a congr- uh, running a uh, a uh, an office uh, a primary care office or a, or a specialty office in complying with tens of thousands. I mean, basically Medicare itself, just Medicare. Forget Medicaid; it's another issue. But Medicare itself, which is kind of the Godzilla of government regulation, uh, is governed by tens of thousands of pages of rules and regulations and guidelines. And frankly, I don't think there's any way that anybody could actually enforce them all. Uh, But the problem is, is that an awful lot of members of the medical profession are kind of struggling under this, and they're spending so much time with paperwork uh, that they're not able to, they're not, it's taking away from the precious time that they should be devoting uh, to the care of patients. And And this this is something we cannot quantify. You know, I, I have a family oh, friend, a doctor who just said, I'm not going to do it. He retired young. And this is something we saw happen under the Obama years. And, you know, you've been in this and you articulate just so well how many people are involved, how many bureaucracies, how many pages of regulations, when the simple reality is this entire system was created to take care of people who couldn't pay. I mean, that's how it all got started. Yet, doctor, I'm right. curious to know, why has there never been a party or a politician that said, look, if you want to fix that problem, it's simple. Tell the doctors the hospitals, that if they treat somebody and don't pay them, they get 100% tax deduction, dollar for dollar, and this way we can grow health care, grow business, and still keep it out of the minutia of government incompetence. Has that ever even been mentioned? Oh, yeah. No, that, this is an old idea. Uh, charity care, uh, in other words, if doctors devote a certain amount of time to people who cannot afford to pay yeah. uh, you know, through a clinic, or and usually charitable clinics and all that sort of thing, uh, this is an old idea. I frankly, I like the idea uh, where basically the doctor is devoting some time and he's not going to get paid, but at least uh, he will get a tax deduction for the time and the energy and the effort uh, that he puts in providing health care to people who simply cannot afford it. The problem that we have now is is that most people, you know, today do have insurance. I mean, we're talking about over 90% of the population has insurance. The difficulty is, that they're locked into Obamacare if they're not in, involved in employment-based coverage. And Obamacare is highly regulated, which means you get what the government gives you. And it doesn't make a damn bit of difference, frankly, whether you like the plan or not. And what we've seen, you've mentioned it up front, is Obamacare has exploded in cost, uh, actually, uh, since its inception, uh, when they implemented the, the insurance rules back in 2014. Uh, so it, it's not surprising. And beyond that, one of the problems in, in Obamacare is that uh, a lot of doctors do not want to sign contracts 
with the with the Obamacare plans. So you have what we call very narrow networks. That means that you do not have access to the broad range of doctors, hospitals, and specialists and clinics that you might have if you simply uh, were enrolled in a typical uh, private employment-based health insurance program. So it's a real problem. So you have access problems, you have cost problems, and that, and of course, uh, you know, you ha- you still have people falling through the through the uh, through the cracks. Oh yeah. Uh, and then there's I the mean, diabolical you know, nature of profiteering on Obamacare, and this is the perspective I like from you, because there are entities that are profiting immensely from Obamacare. That is the few corrupt insurance companies that were able to stay involved through lobbying and helping write it, like Blue Cross and Blue Shield and the rest. Then there's Big Pharma. And then there's the treatment centers, which I find very, very interesting, where it's almost incentivized to bring people on a revolving door for drug addiction and various problems. Obamacare pays millions and millions per name. And those people don't have to last and they could turn around and it really has exploded drug treatment. And it it does explain why simultaneously more of the population is on drugs and Hasn't this really, isn't Obamacare really a big scheme? If you look at the profiteers, who who had the motive for it of big pharma and insurance companies? I, well, I've, I've, I've looked at the, uh, I've looked at the pattern, uh, you know, going back, you know, to 2014, uh, actually for many, many years. Now, recently it's true. I think they have been more profitable in recent years, but in in truth, uh, an awful lot of your, your health plans were not running uh, significant profits. Health insurance generally, I, I can tell you because I know this stuff like the back of my hand, mm-hmm. health insurance as, a, as an industry, it is actually a really modest, profitable industry. It's about 3%. Oh, you crushed, uh, you crushed competition margin. with Obamacare, right? I mean, there were numerous companies prior to Obamacare. What Obamacare did is narrow it down to just, in my opinion, this is my opinion, not yours, the most corrupt that were able to navigate and survive because they helped. Profit. And now they don't have to pay much, and there's instant profit. It's printing money. I mean, Blue Cross Blue Shield, it's got to be like working for the city of Chicago. Do you even have to go to work? Well, no. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, look, I mean, the, the reason why a lot of companies dropped out is simply they could not, they could not handle both the regulatory oversight uh, that was required, the benefit mandates, uh, and, the, uh, and the other federal regulations, which basically were driving the health care costs up. Not all companies are, you know, obviously not all companies have the same deep pockets. And a lot of smaller health insurance companies simply dropped out. You're quite right when you say that the health insurance market as a market, uh, much like the hospital market, has become increasingly concentrated. In other words, dominated by a, a, a relatively small number of very large firms over some very large geographic areas. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, you mentioned, I will just simply say I'm not criticizing Blue Cross Blue Shield. Many states, are they do a good job. Mm-hmm. However, if you look at other, many other states, what you have is you have these basically healthcare monopolies. And, and, they, and, they're, and, they're, and they happen in strange places. I mean, frankly, uh, one would think that, you know, in very, very red states, you know, these very strong conservative states, you would see a high degree of, uh, of, you know, promoted strong health care competition. Actually, the evidence on the ground is that is not the case. Uh, a kind of classic example with regard to insurance consolidation is Blue Cross Blue Shield in Alabama. 
Alabama is a very conservative state. You know, it's kind of super Trump territory, right? Mm-hmm. But Blue, Blue Shield controls about 90% of the covered lives in Alabama. So basically, it's a monopoly. Yeah. In the state of Maryland, uh, and I was the Maryland health care commissioner for, for actually for well, three, three years, wow. appointed by Governor Hogan. And, you know, I had responsibility for kind of broad regulatory oversight over both hospitals and, and, and health care delivery. But I can tell you, uh, Maryland's a very rich state, like mm-hmm. Connecticut, you know, very, very high per capita income, lots of doctors, and we got 48 acute care hospitals. Now, it sounds great, 48 acute care hospitals, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of hospitals. You would think there's a lot of competition. But what you don't realize, what many people don't realize, is that those 48 hospitals are controlled by four corporations. <laughs> so what we've got is we've got an oligopoly, right. which is controlling the hospital market in the state of Maryland. And the truth is, is that, you know, it's not a competitive system. Uh, the health care costs are high. Uh, we try to regulate them. Uh, with a, we have very strong government regulation over hospitals in the state of Maryland. I will say state regulation. Uh-huh. But the fact of the matter is, the big guys love regulation. Exactly. They're happy with the regulation because it keeps the little guys out. Prevents competition. <laughs> and that, that, that leads me, I, I, you know, I went long. I could talk to you for an hour. Um, but I, I have one more question for you. Has there yeah, ever sure. been a government program that helped keep down the cost of prescription drugs? Has there ever been one? Yeah, Medicare Part D okay. um, was a an enormous success. Uh, now, there are problems with it, and, you know, I don't want to make, I really don't want to say, you know, that this is some kind of an ideal system in a way. And right now, the, the Democrats in Congress are actually trying to destroy the competitive aspect of it. Uh, right now, as we speak, this is the mansion surrender. Uh, but uh, when the Part D Medicare program was started, uh, the big question was whether the drug program would be run like the hospital program uh, or, you know, the or the Part B program that, you know, pays doctors. Yeah. Uh, the Republicans in Congress at that time and, and the man who is most responsible for this is a great, uh, in my opinion, a terrific legislator was Congressman Bill Thomas of California, who was the tough chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. Wow. Okay. Thomas insisted that if we're going to deliver drugs, we're going to do it through a competitive market of private plans. We're not going to have the drugs as something that is simply provided by the Medicare bureaucracy. Instead, we're going to make private plans, we're going to require private plans to negotiate with, uh, with private, uh, private pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. uh, and they are going to offer their products on a on a competitive market when part d uh began for the first time in the very beginning i was i was very much involved in that debate i can tell you Mm -hmm. the government officials at that time i remember this like it was yesterday they projected that in the first year in 2006 of the full part d program that the initial average monthly premium was going to be 37 dollars a month for Medicare patients, right? Uh-huh. That's what they were projecting, right? Mm-hmm. They were wrong. <laughs> the, the, what really happened was is that you had an intense market competition among private health plans delivering drug, drugs. And in 2006, the premium was $32.20. Wow. 
in 2008, it dropped to $27,093. My goodness, it was actually a situation where you saw premium costs in an insurance market declining. Yeah, and as far as government savings go, that might be a record. $3 government savings is a big deal. We had the savings. I'll tell you you what it was. There was was an organization called the Progressive Policy Institute, which is basically a moderate liberal group. Uh And in 2016, by the way, they're very competent. I mean, you're talking about an extremely competent crowd. I don't agree with them all the time, but i got to tell you, they do good work. I like that. They produced a major report in 2016, and they estimated that between 2006 and 2014 alone, just that period, Medicare beneficiaries um, uh, had access to all kinds of drugs on a competitive basis, but because they had access to drugs they didn't have before, in many cases it reduced other patient health care costs. In other words... Because they had a drug therapy, they didn't have to get surgery and other kinds of things like that. That's wonderful. So you well, mean, no, doctor, here, you mean here, competition here, here's works? Yeah. Here's, here's the number. Between 26, 20, 2006 and 2014, the program saved $679.3 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars. Wow. That was an enormous uh, success. Dr. Bob? The other one that I think is a good example of a competitive market that works is the Federal Employee Health Benefits Program, which is a system of competing private plans where the government makes a defined contribution to the health insurance company on behalf of the enrollee, and the enrollee gets to pick and choose the kind of plan they want. They can buy, you know, they can buy yeah. a rich plan, a, a cheap plan, a health savings account plan, uh, a a med- managed care plan, it's up to them. Uh, there's about 200 plans nationwide that compete. Uh, they have outperformed uh, the standard, you know, private employment-based uh, health insurance uh, on a routine basis going all the way back to the 1980s. I know because I was at the Office of Personnel Management that ran that program, and it was a stunning success. And they, and they actually outperformed Medicare, obviously. Doc- in controlling, in controlling costs. Dr. Bob Moffat, this was such a great interview, but you did yourself a disservice because now you just came, became my favorite uh, expert on medical costs. So we'll be hearing, you'll be hearing from me again. We got a deal? We got a deal. Thank you so much for joining you me, Dr. Moffat. I so appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your knowledge. Moreover, I appreciate the effort you've spent your life on working to help the people in America versus hurt them. Dr. Bob Moffat, thank you so much. All right, Sean. Thanks. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. It's Leave of the Beaver, right? Tony Dow, Dad. Love that guy. I remember running home from school watching the reruns of this. That's how old I am, kid. Now, they were not live. It was reruns, but, you know, it was the 70s. Anyway, um, I love those commercials. People who play by the rules pack, you know, they're normally great, but they missed an opportunity. I got to talk to Prop. Potholes are so big, Pritzker could take a bath in them. You see, you do two things because you got to keep hitting the fact 
that that fat slob is destroying my state. That fat slob is part of the Democrat mafia. And then, Get in my belly. And then you could Come also on. bring on the Medicare costs that the fat slobs cost. You know, $12,500 per citizen. 80% of the health care, 80% are fat people. Let's get those fat bastards under control. It's the only way you bring down costs. You don't have to be an insurance broker in Bartlett to figure it out, but it helps. Neil, insurance broker Bartlett. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Um, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I got, I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, I got 20 years in this business, and I work in 37 states. There are certain states that are so restricted that you can't even sell them insurance. It's EPOs or HMOs. It's horrible. It's it's such garbage. They promise that you could keep your doctors, you, your your costs would be lower, your your deductibles and your out of pockets would be lower. It's not lower, of course not. It's not lower at all. Yeah, Neil. Now no, in those states, totally. I I think I know the answer, but I always like to ask questions. I know the answer to. Sure. In those states, the governing body are they Democrat mafia members or are they? Free marketeer Republicans. Which ones are they? No, yeah, it's your own question. Yeah, they are. Because I got a client in New Jersey right now. I can't help them because they lost their job. And the only options they have are faith-based plans or ACA, which is still worse than what they're coming off of. So they got no options. You so know, I'm, I'm, I'm a non-captive broker. I can actually insure them with anything that's visible in this country around the world. And I can't do it. Neil, I uh, I uh, toil, toyed with the idea of insurance. I had a couple licenses and the rest of it. You want to know the conclusion? I keep. You're not going to like it, but it's the truth. It starts out. It's uh, it, it starts out under this great, you know, hey, we're going to be insurance. It's going to be. But when you really look at it and you examine it, it boils down to the two bookmakers that started it. It's all just one giant scam pass through. We're trying to middle profit. I mean, I get that. Yeah, I know the concept of it. But when you see here we are, 80 years after insurance really started. 50 years after it was, well, 70 years after it was completely bastardized. It's really yeah. just a word for a, 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 a Ponzi scheme shuffle game that they're trying to section profit off of. And then when they when they lose too big, they turn to the government for the bailout system. It really doesn't work. Right? Right. All right. Right. Now, now, Absolutely. His name is not Neil. He's not in Bartlett. We joked about it. He's my friend, Albert. Thank you very much, Al. See what I did there? Got to cover up Neil. You know what I mean? I don't want to risk anything. Megan, Orland Park. Hi, Sean. Uh, loved Tony Dow, um, Wally. Yeah. And he had the most beautiful eyes, uh, even the day, you know, even in his older years, gorgeous eyes. I always had a crush on Wally. All right, let's not um, keep it, you're, you're, so, let's not get into Biden creepiness here, but just keep it above board. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I called about insurance, and I have two, two quick stories. So, first one is I see a podiatrist, and he's in Cook County, and I was, you know, I, we're kind of friendly. And so I said, so what are you doing this summer? He says, well, I gave up golf. I said, you gave up golf? He goes, I spent about $2,300 on golf, you know, um, during the year. And my malpractice went out $2,300. So I gave up golf. Yeah. Um, so when you see what that costs, I mean, OBGYNs and the rest of it. And then those those big failings in Obamacare, the part that aggravates me is that the mafia, the Democrat organized syndicate, that broke our healthcare system, which was the best in the world, they profit from that. They run on their own failure, and they narrow the field even more, 
and they have their cabal of, uh, of now doctors who want to stay in business and go along with their schemes, like the vaccine and the rest of it. It's a, it's a diabolical system built on failure that thrives on it, and I, I can't stand it anymore. Yeah, um, and then I have um, I have a brother-in-law who was a oncologist, uh-huh. and most of who he treated were um, Medicare patients, and he had to give up his practice because he wasn't making any money. And then he ended up being a traveling doctor and was able to make money. And then my my That's... niece um, decided to be a traveling nurse and making money hand over fist. That's right, Megan. Because what happens under a system of failure of socialism is the classes separate. Then the rich people can afford it. The poor people have to wallow in failure. But I do want to come back and talk a little bit about Wally Cleaver. We'll do that and take your calls after this. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. All right. We don't have a lot of time. This is the fastest damn show on radio. Tony Dow was Wally Cleaver on Leave it to Beaver. He was a wonderful guy. If you ever saw him throughout the years, he didn't have a mean bone in his body. He was a wonderful guy, nice man, and he took advantage. He went on a casting call, just showed up with hundreds and hundreds of kids, and he got the job. He never left California, and he married a girl, and they stayed married for decades. They were nice California hippies, and he. Uh, this is his last known uh, interview. Hey. Hi, Tony. Hi. Hi, Lauren. Hey. Hi, Lauren. So, Lauren Dow here. And uh, Fred. Right here. My husband, Tony. Tony. Yeah. And this year we're going to be celebrating, actually in a couple of months, our 40th anniversary. 40 years. Um, I just thought um, because of the situation we're in with the coronavirus 19 um life is for us it's pretty much the same as it was before we had ever heard of it because we like our home we like to hang out here and i don't have yeah, not every second of the day every uh, seven days a week you know i mean it's kind of <laughs> nice to go out and have dinner or do something you know? now that aggravates the hell out of me his last two and a half years of his life, he was put under house arrest. The guy never hurt anybody, never did anything to anybody. He believed his government. He believed politics. And he went on to say how they're doing it for everybody else. Well, and I suppose you guys are all having the same problem, huh? No. No, we're not. No, it'll be over. We're in together. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say you're... All that same bulldog. All lies. Because he was in a fascist state, lied to by fascist, corrupt government that profited immensely from the phony pandemic. The last two and a half years of his life, because now he's dead, he lived with two feet in a shoe, thinking he was helping. He wasn't helping anything. He was believing liars. He was a victim of corrupt government. Last two years of this man's life was stolen, as it was for most of you. That's why you cannot buy the lies of the Democrat mafia or any Republican that would lie openly to your face. All of their regulations, all of their rules, all of their vaccines did nothing as we sit here today. Twice as many people, 132,000, last year 63,000 with their vaccines and their boosters, dead 437 this year, last year 275. Politicians stole this man's two and a half years, his last two and a half years. We don't have time to waste on these crooked bastards. 
It's time to let them know who's boss. We're the boss. It's time to put them back in place. It's time to go to strong areas that support freedom and flee from the ones that don't. Are you telling me it's the end of the show, Squirrel? Don't hold your hands up. Don't pressure me, Squirrel. Can't believe we're out of here. Sorry for everybody I didn't get to. We'll be back in 21 hours. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.